Yeah, what's going on everybody? My name is Corona, last name Virus. I just want to let y'all know I'm out here, man. You seen my work? You heard about me on TV? You heard about me in these streets? You seen my work? And all you nasty people that don't like to wash your hands after you go to the bathroom and you use toilet paper and you walk out, you don't even, you don't even dab your hands or nothing. You just walk out and go into the restaurant Start preparing people food in McDonald's. I see you, right? I like your style. I like how you get down. And I'm getting ready to come after you. Everybody, y'all know, the song's mine. I'm out here. So when you see me, you already know what's going on. You might as well just give up the jewels. You know what I'm saying? Give up the phlegm. Give up your digestive tract. Give up all that, you know, because you know what time it is when you come in there. I look forward to meeting each and every one of you. Holla. Hey, everybody. As always, this is your boy, Jesse McCoy. I am joined by the world's foremost leading legal humorist, Sean Carter. How are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> that big man, I got the coronavirus there on the plane, oh, man. No, I, 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 I fell asleep with my mouth open. And I know I got it, man. I got it, man. My mouth was open. Oh, no. More Hennessy, less Corona. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, since we got a hand sanitizer, I guess I am going to use Hennessy uh, to wash my hands. <laughs> so, yes, it's been a couple weeks since we talked to you guys. So, for those of you who are still with us, um, we know, we know that, uh, it's the walking dead outside and the coronavirus is coming for all of us. But we're going to make your time here enjoyable, uh, before this to you. Now, for those who don't know, uh, I am actually reaching out to you from the epicenter of coronavirus for the state of North Carolina. Uh, I came home to the delightfully wonderful news yesterday that there were eight people who all tested positive at a, uh, Less than a mile and a half. So, uh, positives is that the gas is a lot cheaper and the lines are a lot shorter. Uh, <laughs> negatives is we're all going to die. <laughs> oh, all right. So, you know, as everyone knows by now, it's so funny because two weeks ago, it didn't even make our, our, our topics to talk about. And now it is all the news all the time, right? right the coronavirus. Yeah. And, you know, the, the cases are, are spreading here. Um, as of now, we've got to, we've got to date this importantly, Jesse, because by next week it'll be totally different. But as of March 11th, we still have a civil government. As of now. And we're using, we're using the dollar as currency now. All right, next right, week, bottle right. water and toilet paper. But as of now, we're still doing dollars. Um, although, if you have money in the stock stock market, uh, you probably would wish it was, you know, bottle water and toilet paper. Yeah, unless you're someone like me who takes advantage of opportunities when the government is on the precipice of collapse. So, <laughs> if you are a person who believes in buying low and selling high, it hasn't been lower than it's right now. <laughs> Go ahead and get you some stocks. Let the meek inherit the earth. Let's go ahead and turn this over. You know, uh, shout out to everybody down at Disney. 
uh, the mouse now works for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you bought it like that, but the stock gonna have to get closer to zero uh, before I can get my bargain prices up in there. But so, so, so anyway, we've had the stock market. You know, it's really kind of more probably of a correction, but it, it's down a little bit or right. quite a bit. Uh, industry is starting to 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 get a little uh, shaky and flaky, unless you own Perel, uh, then you bought it. And we're starting to close down schools um and now, now tell me out help, help me understand the school thing jesse have they closed down duke yet uh duke is closed yes so our undergraduate students are done for the semester and the classes are being converted to like virtual online classes uh the law school was like nope y'all gonna have class <laughs> really now now help me out help me understand the the, the wisdom of sending the healthy people home to kiss grandma in the mouth and kill her. Um, what was the thought of sending the kids home? Um, I think the concern is this is their spring break week. Wow. And a lot of the students travel. I mean, the students aren't usually from here. So right. they travel, many which uh, travel foreign. So people going to Spain, people going to Italy, people going, you know, to see grandma in Poland. Right. And then they come back right. and this disease continues to spread. So I think right. Duke is really trying to be proactive in, in stopping the spread. Um, but at the same time, like when you're dealing with a base of students who are so far away, like I know I've, I've got two students in my class who are in Alaska, one student who went to Spain, like, you know, it's only a class of 10 students. So it ain't like normally they don't go to spring break and then come back with some infections. Um, but I get it. <laughs> HPV is not quite as contagious. So I understand. Um, and, and so, okay. So, so we're, so we're closing down the schools. Um, uh, and then it makes sense. We're closing down the basically large public, uh, uh, Gatherings. So, for instance, we uh, the the NBA or the NCAA is going to play their games. Uh, what was the word for uh, acapella or acapella <laughs> uh, in empty stadiums for the for right. March Madness? Uh, um, going to be March Solemnness, and then <laughs> the NBA is going to looks like they're going to be probably going the same route, uh, well, playing you know, the in disclosed locations. I just got a, a breaking news alert that the NBA. Uh, this is just one minute ago. The NBA suspends the remainder of its season after a player tests positive for uh, coronavirus. Oh, the player is Rudy Gobert. Oh, Rudy. I, see, I told you, Rudy. I knew it. Rudy, Rudy, was, Rudy always was a little shaky to me. I knew Rudy was people in the mouth. I knew it, Rudy. Um, no, really. I see it. Oh, man. Breaking no, news. So what do we to straight? We all gonna be at home from work with nothing to watch on TV. <laughs> if, if Netflix go down, I'm telling you, society's over. All right. If, if Netflix goes together, I'm getting worried. I was worried before, but I'm worried now. That, that no entertainment. How are we gonna be at home? No entertainment. I mean, you know, PlayStation's still out there, Xbox still out there. While we got electricity, <laughs> you see, I'm supposed to be spending time with my children. I mean, what's wrong with you? You know that man how that works. Oh man, they, they gonna cancel WWE. I know they gonna cancel the WWE. That's it. That's it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's gonna be even worse than the basketball games. How you gonna have a wrestling match with no nobody cheering? <laughs> <laughs> 
man. Um, so the good news is we got much more time. So none of us have to go to work or school um, or have anything to watch on TV. We got no excuse but to be washing our hands 24-7. Yes, and listening we, to the Brothers-in-Law podcast. And we telling all, your friends to listen. There you go. We're all going to be in my on our bathrooms like my 16-year-old son for five hours a night, um, as he says, washing his hands. So he, he, he <laughs> I know that. He's probably gonna go blind. He ain't gonna get cold. <laughs> well, I think the the other interesting thing that coronavirus has exposed us to is the different hygiene practices of different members of the community <laughs> and <laughs> how folks uh, seem to be unfamiliar with what soap and warm water are. Uh, particularly when leaving lavatories, <laughs> restroom facilities. Um, and so, you know, I think this really causing the question because initially when I was seeing everybody, you know, who was tested positive, there was some debate about whether or not this, this is a disease that can affect black people, right? Yeah. And I think that we have to be very careful with that narrative because I don't want black people, particularly the elderly, going out here thinking, oh, I'm immune. Because of all this melanin in my skin, that's not true. This thing can't pass people, obviously. But um, it is interesting to believe that <laughs> you are you. You know, I've been putting Wakanda salutes on everybody's stuff. Wakanda forever. Uh, <laughs> folks are posting up the the uh, picture. They've got a map of the world that shows in red dots across the globe where right. coronavirus is spreading, and for some reason. In the continent of Africa, there are no red dots. So everybody was like, that's our people. We we fighting it off. That's us. And I was thinking at first, that sounds good. But I also know there are places in Africa that don't have Internet. And they don't necessarily have the best reporting practices. Um, so I'm not sure. You know, you can just make a blanket you thing. Know, always tell you that our Congolese brothers and sisters don't do the, the, the up-to-date reporting. We don't know that. Um, maybe it's the melanin. Uh, it might be the, uh, the fact that some of us wash our hands after boo-boo. Um, it might be. Here's what gets me, though. And, and this is why I, I, I was I was wrong. Let me just say, I'm glad we didn't do a show about this a couple weeks ago. Because it first came out, I was like, yeah, I'm going to believe in coronavirus. When you show me the killer bees and the planes falling out of the sky, Y2K, and what happened to SARS, right, and the bird flu and the monkey pox. Dingo. Right? You know, I was, I was, two weeks ago I had a challenge. I was going to kiss a Chinese bat in the mouth. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't believe, you know, it was a thing. I, I knew it was, a, it was a thing, but I figured it would get stopped, right? It's always. But then I started hearing, like, oh, no, no, we can stop this by washing our hands and, and, and coughing into our sleeve. And I knew right. that was going to work. I was right about that. The bottom line is this. If you've been, I'm 50. If I ain't learning to wash my hands after boo-boo now, um, it, coronavirus ain't going to do it. Right. I've been running around with, with, with boo on my hands. I'm going to now be worried about the coronavirus. Right. Like, you know, the things about washing your hands are things that if you didn't get that by seven, uh, it's too late. Right. 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 And Absolutely. fortunately, most of us got, uh, you know, you were, you were raised in a black household. Uh, you did not only learn to wash your hands, you had your hands washed for you. Right. right. Or, 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 right? <laughs> More often than not. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Hygiene is next to godliness. Oh, you know, it is absolutely ridiculous, right? And so it's to me it's like, you know, this whole thing that I kept saying, you just gotta wash your hands. I'm like, you know, I don't know how to tell you this, but you can't 
you know, 50 year old people just aren't going to start washing their hands now. We're not going to be able to stop this. If that's, if that's your answer, you know, you might as well say pray. Pray on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's true because all the hand sanitizer is gone, but the well, soap true. is still there. Uh, the soap is just sitting there waiting to be picked up. Just waiting. Just, just, just waiting. <laughs> I, I saw one sister trying to explain to people because I guess some people get so lazy, they were just going to try to use uh, uh, liquor, alcohol. Just, you know, just, just throw a little Hennessy on your hands. And uh, she had explained it wasn't quite high enough alcohol content. Um, and you also don't want to be so sticky, I think. Um, but <laughs> the other thing, though, is tell me what's going on with this. And I get the hoarding mentality, right? So people buy a lot of bottled water mm-hmm. and toilet paper. Right. And I'm not sure where those two come together. Um, my only guess is that they say coronavirus is kind of like the flu as far as the symptoms. Right. So it's probably going to be a lot of diarrhea, which also is going to lead to dehydration. All right. And maybe that's what All they're right. doing. I have no idea. Um, then good. It's time for me. I've been meaning this 47 episodes in, but this will be the episode to do with people. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let you know about something that's very, very important. The whole reason we started this podcast is to tell y'all about uh, something called the bidet. And uh, the way the bidet wash works is that uh, it shoots a stream of water um, uh, uh, up your tutor and um, allows you to clean it uh, the right way. You know, not, not that toilet paper thing. And I don't know, I've been using it for the last three years. I got to tell you, um, I don't go nowhere without my bidet wash. <laughs> uh, I'm on. I'm in. I'm in, I'm in a hotel room in in, in uh, Asheville. I spent the first 15 minutes hooking up my own toilet because uh, because I, I I can't I can't I, 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 people. This is a good opportunity to you to get to wash. All right, go online. Matter of fact, your Facebook person is a company called Tushy. Uh, go to Tushy. Uh, dot co. Don't go to tushy.com. Do not do that. <laughs> go to tushy.co and get to wash your butt. It'll save you long lines and fighting complete strangers at the stove. I don't, I, now you, we gotta post this on the, on the brother-in-law video, uh, or on, on the Facebook page. Uh, I saw my first fight, uh, over toilet paper at the store. Oh. Uh, on the video. And, uh, it was as stupid as it sounds. <laughs> Don't buy people over toilet paper. All right. My family, since we had a bidet wash, we didn't use about one roll since 2016. All right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, just go and wash your butt the right way. Uh, that being said, uh, we can move on to regular scheduled programming. What are we going to yeah. do about the coronavirus, uh, as, as a people? If this is a black thing. Um, how are we going to do really, what's the word for it? How are we going to come up on the coronavirus? <laughs> Um, you know, I think the peak opportunity we missed because it looks like, you know, places like New York, uh, to say New York is capitalizing on inmate labor. They are having inmates make sanitizer for less than a dollar per hour. Uh, and so they're getting ready to get rich, uh, off of inmate labor as far as the prison industrial complex. Um, as far as what America's going to do, uh, President Trump still thinks it's a Democratic hoax. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I knew I was wrong when I started sounding like Trump. He was quoting my post. I'm like, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. I got to get I know I'm wrong now. It's, it's Pelosi in them. <laughs> you know, by the way, this is the thing, and we've talked about this so many times. 
people said it was like it wasn't a big deal when Trump was lying about his weight. But I told you it was a big deal for this reason. If I can't trust you to tell me about your height and weight, I darn sure can't trust you to tell me about your <laughs> Right? He had his surgeon general out there this weekend. The brother, by the way, um, I'm going to look up his brother's name. One of our listeners knows him. You know, we, we all got six degree to snoop, right? Right. Somebody need to talk to his people. And, and he didn't get his ass whooped, all right? Because he went on TV this weekend talking about how Trump was was healthier than he is. This brother's 40 years old, military officer, good-looking guy, right? Um, and he was talking about the, J- J- Jerome Adams. That, oh, oh, that's like a real brother. <laughs> a real brother, right? Real brother. And, and brother was talking about how Trump, you know, even though he's 74 years old, he was healthier than he was. And I'm like, look, you a lying ass, for one, all right? But but two, even if you were telling the truth, you supposed to lie about that. The thing that the Surgeon General runs around the country telling kids is what? Three things. You need to eat healthy, you need to exercise, and get plenty of sleep. Now, tell me which one of those three Donald Trump ever does. <laughs> I wait. Exercise regulates golf. <laughs> <laughs> he up till four in the morning every night, right, tweeting BS, right? Like, how in the world would you hold this man up? Right. As as the, you know, and so I can't now I can't now believe nothing the Surgeon General says. And we have a seriously a crisis of co- a confidence here where if you got sense, you can't believe what the people who are telling you how to protect yourself are telling you because they lie about everything else. I mean, that's a very legitimate point. And I, and I think we've seen that. Uh, I know I was watching CNN over the weekend and they actually had uh, the, the guy who runs the CDC, the Centers for Disease right. Control. Uh, they had him there, and they were trying to cross-reference points in Trump's speech <laughs> where he was trying to undercut Trump without, you know, without, like, right. looking like you're going after your boss or whatever. Right. So, so Trump would be like, you know, coronavirus is a Democratic hoax. It's all made up. <laughs> It's, it's all made up by the Democrats and Pelosi. And he was like, well, you know, it, it technically it is a virus. It's real and it's spreading across the globe. But I mean, everything else he said, I understand. <laughs> by the way, Justin, from now on, that is your new voice on the podcast. You do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you actually say, make a point and articulate it. So you need to do it a little less. Or you need to be a little more stupid. But it was, right, right. <laughs> it was a perfect virus. You, <laughs> you know, he literally said that about the response and said, other than the memo, other than the transcript from the Ukraine call, it was the perfect, the most perfect response. I'm like, you're an idiot, right? And, <laughs> and what made me mad, though, is that why does MSNBC, CNN, why are they letting him talk to the American people about this? Because it's what they do is right. As soon as he's done, they bring on a real doctor to go right. on and it was true. And I'm like, that's not how you do the news. The basketball, for instance, right? They don't have a guy come on and say, hey, by the way, tonight the Lakers beat the Celtics. And they have someone else come on after him and say, oh, no, no, by the way, we fact-checked him. Uh, the Celtics actually beat the Lakers. <laughs> that's not how you do news. That's stupid, right? Right, so right. Stopped, you know, they had a press conference on the night, the whole nation, to watch him live. But don't do that. You know he's not going to tell you the truth. If it were really bad, would Trump ever tell you that something bad happened on his watch? We would all be dead. He'd still be talking about, oh, you know, it's, it's a perfect response. We're, we're, right. we're doing very, 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 very good job, right? Um, you know, it's like that's just not his M.O., so stop asking people 
to to lie to you. Right. Absolutely. And and it's funny because not only did they have the director of the CDC, but they also had a backup doctor. <laughs> uh, they then they had Sanjay Gupta, who's a doctor, right. <laughs> moderating. Then they had Anderson Cooper, who's not a doctor, but asked questions as if he's an attorney and a doctor. So they, <laughs> uh, and it was just, you know, it, it's hilarious. So there's five doctors on the show to tell us about coronavirus because there's a lack of leadership from the White House to try to alleviate people's concerns. And then the last statistic I heard, I know they're currently, uh, President Trump and our governor, Roy Cooper, are in a bit of a tiff, um, because <laughs> Roy Cooper is saying, hey, we got these, you know, cases of coronavirus that have been identified in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And the Centers for Disease Control has packed that we need to start treating these people to make sure that we can help them. And, of course, Washington has not sent them. Right. <laughs> so it's like you basically having me watch people die on my watch because you don't want to send me this stuff, probably because of political reasons. And the fact that they weren't ready. And, you know, they were talking about the other day, the numbers. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to send out 4 million kits. And I'm like, do you know how many kits that is? I mean, if you (laughs) manufacture, I can't take 4 million breaths. Like, how in the world could you produce 4 million kits and get them? And then, by the way, not just produce them and get them in a warehouse somewhere, but get them to 800 different facilities, Mm -hmm. right? It's like it's not an easy thing to do. So if you just start the last minute, yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be in trouble. And the thing that kills me about this is is that Trump had every incentive to do just the opposite. Mm-hmm. To say this is the worst thing in the world. One, that's what the government always does, which is part of the reason right. why people like me are always suspicious. And here's why, because there's no there's no downside to doing that. If it doesn't talk to me that bad, no one ever gets mad at you and go, You told me it was gonna be bad and it was good. Right. But right. if you do the other thing, like Bush and Katrina, good job, Brownie. And people end up dying in front of the, the Superdome, then uh, you don't get invited to the Republican convention, right? It's like you know, you you always have an incentive to overplay it. So overplay it. And had he done that, it would have been better for him. But his mindset is so you know he make, he's a horrible president, but he make a great king. His mindset is always everything is good in the kingdom, right? Right, which is what a king does. Right. But that's why we don't have kings anymore. Because right? it wasn't working. <laughs> right? We need people who are intelligent. And, and the worst part is, is the thing that's amazing to me, last thing is, is that I'm amazed that I've heard anything from him because we had SARS, a big deal in 2009. You tell me one thing you remember Obama said about SARS. I wait. I, remember. I remember Zika. I don't remember. Absolutely. You know why? Because Obama let the CDC handle that business. Mm-hmm. Right, and he was, you know, arguing with the the, the policeman with, with uh, who arrested uh, Professor Gates, or <laughs> oh yeah, he had a beer or something. I remember that. <laughs> he, he, he was picking his his his, his bracket, which he did well. He got Butler, and he's picking his bracket. Right, you know, he was doing the stuff he knows how to do. I don't expect the president to know how to stop a pandemic. So get out of the way. Let the people who do do that do that. Right. And Trump keeps getting in the, in, this, in the stuff that he know he don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> it's not coming to America. It's never it's never going to be here. It's only in China. It's been localized. And they say, you know, it's all across. <laughs> yeah. Well, his thing is on the good the good side, though, I think this is going to make an interesting change because here's what people are going to find out, which is good and bad for me. I make a living speaking at conferences. 
right? And fortunately, doing webinars. So what's going to take away on one side is, is going to add on the other side for me. I'll be all right. All right. But it's going to show all of us how necessary these meetings have been or unnecessary <laughs> they've been this whole time. And even when the coronavirus is gone, people are going, why am I going to spend all this money to send right. me this? Right. Why? Why am I having these? Why I got this parking lot here full of cars when you work six months at home just fine? Right. Right. And I have a feeling that this might fundamentally change society where people say, you know, this is dumb. Why got people driving to and from work, you know, <laughs> getting in fights over leaving food in my refrigerator break room, stinking it all up when I can right. have it at their house. Right. You don't have to pay lights, bills. And this might be a, it's like this, in the end, this might, this might make a big, big change in society. Might decide we're going to, you know, really start telecommuting. Yeah. We, we might not end up having communications at all. <laughs> just be completely cellular. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's amazing how often you think about it. Just locally, how often do you say, "Oh, you know, we're going to talk so and so. Let's get together this place, that place, meeting, whatever." How often is that necessary? Hardly ever. Hardly <laughs> ever, right? um, ever. And and I think we we might so that might be the one big thing that happens as a result of this, or we might learn nothing from it as we always do. And that's a good opportunity. That's a good. My money would be on that. Um, speaking of not learning anything, um, what did we not learn about the democratic process in the primaries? Um, I, I did not learn that, <laughs> um, that change in democratic socialism and universal health care and universal child care and all those things aren't necessarily what America wants, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not just not what Americans. We know half America doesn't want that for sure. Uh, it looks like it's not what the Democratic Party wants. Absolutely, that's for certain. That's now for certain. you went ahead. You went ahead really uh, earlier. You know, give people the breakdown if they've been on a desert island somewhere of how uh, the DNC handled their business <laughs> leading well, into Tuesday. I, I want to apologize and <laughs> before I even start because. I think that uh Tom Perez essentially did what I told him he needed to do, which is play Drew Rosenhaus. I just didn't see it happening like this. So what <laughs> what happened was the night before Super Tuesday, for all you don't know, Super Tuesday is the day that 14 states, particularly states in the South, uh, all have their primary election. And Super Tuesday is a big deal because if you do well, you start on your count towards uh, getting your maximum amount of delegates that you need to win a nomination. Uh, and it's a good kind of precursor to see where you sit with the American electorate. Right. So Super Tuesday comes. Going into Super Tuesday, we had several flavors of candidates to choose from. You had Mayor Pete, you had Amy Klobuchar, you had Bernie Sanders, of course, Joe Biden, of course, and my personal favorite, Elizabeth Warren. And then you also had Mike Moneybag Bloomberg. So yeah. you had well, and, 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 and don't forget Tom back that ass right out the race, Steyer. Oh, Tom Steyer. And Tulsi Gabbard, who apparently is still in. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so the night before Super Tuesday, or the afternoon, I should say, before Super Tuesday, you start getting breaking news alerts. Amy Klobuchar decides that she is <laughs> dropping out of the presidential race and endorsing who else? Joe Biden. No, not Next, Joe. What a surprise. <laughs> Next thing you know, here comes Mayor Pete, 
who actually had been a contender up to this point. Uh, and Mayor Pete, you know what? I'm, I'm dropping out. <laughs> when he dropped out, he was second in the delegate count. Yes. Yes. He he drops out. He endorses Biden. So now we're down to Sanders, Biden, <laughs> a bunch of new people playing for and Elizabeth Warren, the person who really would be president, but because America's sexist, and they want to put a woman in charge, um, there's that. So you well, no, that. Thinks, let's be clear, because that night also, I love this, Beto. Uh, some of you don't remember. This is a guy oh, yeah. who, who, who was running for president a long time ago, uh, who had no delegates. He came back into the race that he had dropped out of six months ago to let people know he was for Biden, even though he had no delegates to give him, right? <laughs> Beto, Sayabla, <laughs> or <laughs> Yes, he came back in just for that one night uh, to support Biden. I guess everybody's trying to get a position in the cabinet or something Thank you. at this point. Um, and then so Super Tuesday happens. And when Super Tuesday happens, this is the first time, the other reason why it's important, this is the first time that black people actually have a chance to Whoa. say stuff. Because we're not really in Vermont or Iowa like that. Uh, shout out to the two of you all who are. Thank you for listening. <laughs> but we're not really in, in those places like that. You know. So, you know, now we got South Carolina where, you know, South Carolina's, you know, renowned, prominent representative Clyburn says, Oh yeah, I'm on Joe. All right. That's pretty much a guaranteed seal of delivery for South Carolina black people. Oh, Clyburn's with him. We got. Him. So, uh, Joe Biden wins South Carolina. Easily. Which was Sunday, which is for Super Tuesday. So we got oh, the Sunday. moon in, right? Everyone drops out the race to get the, the clear path right. for him. And then Super Tuesday happens. Super Tuesday happens. And every state that hadn't voted before, with the exception of, I think, Colorado and California, uh, all went to Joe Biden. So record numbers, like I'm talking about the margin of victory. Right. Well, first of all, let me back up. I, the issue that I have with the reporting of this mm-hmm. is I understand that there's exit polling, but it really seems disingenuous when as soon as the polls close, <laughs> you already are projecting the winner. And I'm like, can y'all count the votes first? Yeah, like, yeah. Let's be absolutely clear about this. And I'm not mad at the result they got to, but let's be absolutely clear about this. All right, MSDNC got together <laughs> and decided very clearly that uh, we need to stop Bernie, all right, from, from getting this vote because not only did they get all of the endorsements, right, and it, I don't think they even tied a part where they were, it wasn't even like any of them stepped on each other's toes. It was like Pete drops out on Sunday, right, then Amy drops out on Monday, Right, Monday night, Beto calls it late night. Like they had like coordinated this thing perfectly. So when the polls close, you're absolutely right. From east to west, as soon as the polls close, they start saying Biden's a winner, and here are the new delegates he has. Now there's no way to cal- calculate delegates till you know the exact amount that comes in, right? They were just giving them the statewide delegates, et cetera, and they were calling those races early. Like you know what, we we can close poll gonna close about an hour from now. We gonna go ahead and call it now, right? <laughs> um, they called uh, Arizona's primary that night, and we don't even vote till next week. All right? They were just <laughs> they were calling stuff and trying to get Biden's momentum because they really still got people on the West Coast voting, and it seemed to work um, very very well. And as you you know, as we all know, within the night, Bernie goes from being the front runner right to to, to second place. And the thing about it is there's no other options anymore 
because everybody um, gets out of the race. Bloomberg has a horrible night. He does get four delegates in America Samoa. Yeah, shout out to American Samoa. American Samoa. So, so Bloomberg uh, has a T-shirt now that says, "I spent five hundred million dollars, and all <laughs> I got was four delegates, <laughs> and, and, and my ass chewed out by Elizabeth Warren." Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I got to tell you, Bloomberg, it's, it's a good thing you already made your money because uh, nobody would trust you to invest anymore. Uh, that was bad. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren, we got to talk about her. Mm-hmm. He was a candidate for the brother-in-law podcast. We love yeah. us. Jesse and I would come to blows over who loved Elizabeth Moe. All right, <laughs> but <laughs> but the weird thing we both noticed is as soon as she lost, and let's be clear, on Super Tuesday, she lost in her home state. Yes. Not just in lost, she came in third in her home state. I don't even think her husband voted for. Her. I nobody voted for Elizabeth in her home state, but the day she next day she dropped out of the race, and now everybody loved this Elizabeth. Yep. yep. And I'm just gonna say this to to to, to, to brother-in-law audience: uh, some some of y'all uh, are lying. Uh, y'all and all love Elizabeth. She <laughs> should be still in the race. All right. People were just lying. This is our chance tonight. We had our chance to have a woman. I think like, you had the chance to vote for. Her. Um, so she's out there. Now, weird thing about it is this. The thought was all the other people would drop out and they would be centrist and go to Biden. But Elizabeth, as a, as a progressive, was going to throw her support behind Bernie. And she's having, you know, good 12, 13 percent support. Um, what happened in that, Jesse? Did she forget his, Bernie's number or what happened? No, I mean, I think Elizabeth Warren, I mean, classic example. She's a genius, right? <laughs> so I think Elizabeth Warren is like, look, it's too early right now for me to declare. One, I'm still grieving the fact that I'm dropping out of this race and I know I'm the best candidate. And everybody else sucks, but that's neither here nor there. Um, then on top of that, it's like she doesn't want to be willy nilly with throwing support and endorsements behind people uh, that she doesn't necessarily fully commit to. Okay. I think that she's showing that she's not going to be influenced by the DNC to just throw support behind Biden. She wants okay. to actually make her own educated decision. I also think that Elizabeth, this is, this sounds crazy, but in a fifth candidates that we had, at least from the starting point, Elizabeth was always viewed as diet Bernie Sanders, right? right. So it was like, oh, she's far left leaning, just not as far as Bernie. But right. in the mass exodus of, uh, of, of presidential candidates, she ended up becoming the true moderate, right? So right. she's the one that says, I understand how the establishment works. I have a track record of getting things done, all the things that the establishment wants to hear. But she also says, I think we can tweak some things to get everybody a a college education for free and to get universal health care. And it's not even going to cost that much. We're just going to add a little bit more tax to the people who make billions. Right. Right. So it, it makes sense. It's feasible. It seems like everybody will rally behind it. The only thing that I guess she didn't anticipate in the voting process was the fact that not having a penis apparently takes percentage points away from you. Man, I, so. I it is hard to be a vaginal American. There is no doubt <laughs> about it. And the thing that's you know that's hard is it's like you know black people have to deal with 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 a lot of racism right from the majority. But it's got to be real tough when you technically in the majority and you still got to deal with a bunch of sexism and half of it's coming from your people. 
Right. right? You know, think about it. You know, it, it. you know, technically, there's enough women that they could have poured her over the finish line, but they were all like, "Oh, I'm going with Joe. I'm going with Bernie." And right. um, and, and and so that's got to be tough for her. And you know, I, people don't get mad at me. And I know I don't have any authority, but I'm gonna put it in the resolution when, at the Black Elder meeting this week that we at least um allow somebody to take a plate home from the cookout to Elizabeth. She don't get to go come, but maybe somebody take a plate home because because she know what it feel like to be black to be the most qualified person. Mm-hmm. And now she being asked to be number two. Somebody mm-hmm. comes in like she should write the Democratic platform. But guess that's exactly right. When when you're the most qualified person, uh, they they want you to do the you know the dirty work, uh, mm-hmm. but no more put you up front. So so she she feeling a little black now. I mean, but, but she, you know she ain't full scale Cherokee, uh, but 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 she, <laughs> <laughs> she, she 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 got a little West African. All right, she got a little bit. All right, she she she, she know what it feel like, and. Um, mm-hmm. Now tell uh-huh. me this. Go ahead, because because we got to talk about the Bernie people. Do you yeah, think? I, well, her, ahead, do you think the fact that the people um, that or that her reticence to um, directly endorse Bernie might have a little something to do uh, with 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 the uh, as I call them the Sandernistas? Um, maybe I, I think what I've realized more is people who were supportive of Bernie being upset with her for not coming out and outright <laughs> supporting him, uh, particularly in a time when you know he needs the votes. Like, I think he would appreciate having Elizabeth Warren because he needs her percentage points. Right. Um, but at the same time, I also think that, you know, we've seen documented history of Bernie and Elizabeth, you know, having some internal struggles with communications that were had in the past, um, I, I don't think that Elizabeth Warren is necessarily anybody that needs to play second fiddle, but I think that if she is going to play second fiddle, she certainly wants that to be on a winning ticket. And I think go. she understands that young people, unfortunately, I'm looking at y'all, young people are not coming out to consistently vote and support this guy who is running on a platform of your ideas. But But the older generation is certainly lined up to cast that vote for Joe Biden. Uh, and even he's not really shifting the pendulum anywhere, but perhaps that's why people are coming out. I don't know. No, no, no. The two things about that. You're absolutely right, Jesse. And that's what really got me the night before Super Tuesday. I, see, I'm taking this a little personal, and I shouldn't. But I put my credibility on the line. I went to my Facebook fam, and I was like, look, y'all, I know some of y'all like we. I like Warren. I mean, that's my girl. I'm gonna vote for. Her. You know, she's still in the race, but it looks like it's gonna be Bernie. And we need to switch over to these Bernie people because they are serious. Because in my feed, that whole you know, right before Super Tuesday was nothing but um half naked white women, and um it was a half <laughs> like you know hot for Bernie, and they were just like all oh, like, look, it's half my boob, and I'll show you the other half when you vote for Bernie, right? right and I was, right. you know what? If you got that kind of enthusiasm, we need that because uh, I'm not letting people see my breasts. I'm telling you that now, all right? And, and I got I got a good set too, but you ain't gonna see them, not for free. And, and I'm like, as a whole person, you know, I figured I said, you know, I talked to my family. I'm like, which one are you gonna do this? You ain't gonna do it. We gotta get behind the young people. The young people have the enthusiasm, and the young people made me a liar mm. because they got the enthusiasm to be half naked on Facebook. They can do that, but to actually get to the polls. Uh, you know, m- maybe after that DoorDash comes, um, <laughs> you know, they they got they go they only got to do that they got to take Uber. You know, it's it's amazing how I fell for the banana in the tailpipe. 
Mm. And I felt that Amanda was going to vote. I knew Amanda was going to vote. She told me she was, even though Amanda never votes. And it turned out Amanda ain't going to vote. Right. right. And so we got to go with the people who are going to vote. And the old people, the people who are going to vote want Biden. So I actually filled out my ballot for uh, Arizona, which is next Tuesday. And, you know, one's not in it anymore. I, I voted for Biden. I'm yeah. going with grown folks, grown folks who will show up at the polls. Right. And there's something more about Biden that I did not appreciate at first. I said F Biden a lot of times. I'm going to take three of them back. I'm keeping four of them, all right? But I'm going to keep three of them back right now for this reason. I heard Biden's speech, and okay. I compared it with a Trump speech. Mm. And something that just felt so nice about a grown man talking that I didn't have to fact check every word that that at half the time I'd have to go, did he say that really? Like how many times do you think you, you that that either you going crazy or that something wrong with your hearing when you listen to Trump? Uh, every day. Every time, right? Every day. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I don't care about it. I, I would like progressive policies, but at this point, I just want to wake up and not throw my phone across the room. All right, every morning. That's all I want. Right. And Biden can give me that. And I think a lot of people are just going like, look, and here's the thing about Bernie that was a little different. Bernie was going to be better than Trump a thousand percent, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't going to be peaceful, Bernie. Right? Bernie was still going to be raising about hell because he was going to have to to get his stuff passed. And I'm not mad at him, but we might need a point where we just come out of a very tumultuous relationship. Okay. Before we get to, you know, the one, we're going to need to date someone who's a little quieter. Right? Okay. <laughs> I want to have a president technically that um that I, that I can have a, a side president on, right? That I don't want to have to see my president. <laughs> you know, I want Biden to be, you know, you know, you know, reliable. But you know, but because here's my, I, I want to get back to the point where I'm not even sure who the president is anymore. Okay. You know, there was a time with Obama. I always knew we had a black president, but I couldn't necessarily remember what he looked like because Obama, Obama would be gone three or four weeks, right? Don't not on TV. I want to get back to that. And I think Bernie's not going to be able to get back to that because he'll be pushing progressive policies. Biden can get me back to the fact that I don't want to have the president, you know, I, I don't want to be that close to my president anymore. I don't want to have to, to, to watch him every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that America is ready to get out of this abusive relationship. <laughs> I think America is. Still in the in the first cycle, <laughs> we're denying. So you know, um, you know, you know so you're saying it's likely that Trump will win. Yeah, I can't. I, I got maybe though. Bringing back to the first part of the show, I had a theory that maybe coronavirus. All right, how many? It's a horrible question to ask, but how many deaths do you think it will require for the, the people to turn on Trump? <laughs> Trump is Teflon, man. They don't turn up anything. I, so, so I, I was doing numbers. This is how bad I, I did numbers. And I, in, in America, every year, about 3 million people die of everything. All right? Okay. About 34,000 people die from the flu. So, if 34 additional people, 34,000 additional people die from the coronavirus, that doesn't make a blip. No one's going to notice that. That doesn't make anything. We're going to have to get to about 3 to 6 million people, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> And I'm sorry for the three to six million of you who are going to be gone. I'm going to miss you. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to need, I'm a, I'm a run, I'm next week, I'm back in Arizona. I'm kissing the old people in the mouth every day. All right. That's all I'm doing. 
Um, my wife is, is she, we're going to, have to work that out. But the point is, is that I, 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 <laughs> I'm doing my part and I'm being facetious. Obviously, I don't want anyone to go, but I'm wondering what it would take for, what would it take for people to turn on Trump? Um, I, I don't know, man. I couldn't tell you. Like, the things that I've seen Trump get away with. So he started <laughs> off, came in the game with, I could shoot somebody in Times Square and nobody do anything. Then he went to the rallies where people were, you know, openly punching black people in the face <laughs> and didn't do anything. Then the neo-Nazi thing in um Charlottesville where you got a pretty young white lady gets hit with a car. You just thought, oh, black people especially, like, oh, white ladies hurt. This is certainly going to change things. Nope, right? Nope. <laughs> nope. There's good people on both sides of the neo-Nazi rally. Uh, so then, you know, it just, it, it just escalates like, the other thing they thought when the stock market was having this issue, well, the stock market now, if the economy is uncertain, then now he's going to be gone. I just don't buy it. I think yeah, Trump right. resonates a certain place. Trump is probably the equivalent of black Jesus in a black household. Trump is that to white household. Well, here's part of it. So you think about the stuff he got away with. It's like I remember in the beginning of his campaign, he called John McCain a loser. Right. Now, Kaepernick cannot play NFL, cannot play football anymore, cannot get brain damage for white people because he took a knee. Right. He wasn't doing snow angels, took a knee for troops for, during, during the national anthem, and they said that was disrespectful to troops. Trump called a war, a, war, a POW, a loser. He got away with that. On the national the televised debate, he, he he started talking about the size of his you know um, whatever tally now, um, <laughs> okay. and that was okay. Then remember you, you kind of skipped over to grab him by the hoo ha comment. Yes. We heard it on tape. That that's was his locker room talk though. That's that's his locker room talk. He 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 has been Putin's uh, puppet uh, the whole time. The Russians remember nobody hated the Russians more. The Republicans hated Russians so much they were not even using Russian salad dressing. Right? They yeah. they would not do that. I mean, they would they were ridiculous. Right? Wouldn't even drink vodka. Right? They would they would rather just 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 drink you know <laughs> rum. Right? Um, well, that's actually maybe black people. They figure out something. But the point is, is that you know they went we went through everything. The the, the first ladies who have been on the internet, um, the Stormy Daniels paying off the, the porn stars. I think other than it turns out that Trump was black. <laughs> I'm not even sure that would do at this point. I don't know what it would take at this point to really, you know, get people to see this, you know, because here's the thing about it's not just that he's a racist or whatever, because Republicans have been fine with that for years. But he's even going against stuff that they didn't like, right? The Russian stuff, the religious stuff. And it still doesn't matter. doesn't matter what he does. Yeah. I mean, that's the power of being white. That's that's it. Um, you know, and, and it's funny to me because even the people that you named, like I remember when he was disrespectful to John McCain, when John right. McCain passed away and John McCain's daughter was coming on the view. She was upset. But now she rides for Trump. So if yeah. if she's supporting Trump, he talked about Ted Cruz's wife like a dog. Right. And now Ted Cruz rides for Trump. So it's like, I don't know what he does. I don't know what his if that's just a magic ability if he has you know Charles Xavier type powers and can change people's minds I don't know but whatever the case may be it seems to me that nothing anybody 
can accuse him of will ever be detrimental. He he literally was trying to take health care away from people who had benefited from Obamacare, and they were like, oh, it's okay. If Trump said it, <laughs> I, I don't know. I have you know, no idea. You, you're right. You know, and I, and I don't know. Now, remember, the only thing that, that gives me some pause for hope is a long time ago, my case for the Democrats was that you had to get my ashy black ass to the polls, right? That you had to figure out a reason to get black people to that extra 7% of black people who voted for Obama but didn't vote for Hillary to get us back to the polls in those states like Pennsylvania, right, Michigan, Florida, we'd win the election. Did the numbers. It works. I don't know if Biden is a guy who will get us out there, but here's what I do know. He was the only one with a chance to get us out there. Mm. Right? Bernie wasn't going to get us out there. He couldn't even get his young people out there. Right? We right. weren't going to be out there, you know, late those long lines, et cetera, getting coronavirus for it. So if maybe Biden, I, I don't know if Biden could do it. Um, but you know, I, I know we were only going to ride for Biden and I don't, you know, exactly know why, but like I said, you know, the more Trump goes on, I got to tell you a little secret. And I'm just going to look, we're probably not going to be the brothers-in-law for this one because I'm going to, you're going to be mad, but I heard Pence talking the other day and I was like, I like Mike Pence. <laughs> Let me tell you why. He talked about the coronavirus and he didn't talk about how, what a big, beautiful virus it was. Right, how it was a perfect virus. He just gave information and news, right? And I was just like, wow, an intelligent, responsible human being giving information <laughs> from the White House. He admitted it was bad. You know, I was like, wow, I just so missed that, right? And so, you know, at this point, pretty much, you know, if you can just put a good sentence together every once in a while, and Joe can only do it by halftime, but halftime is good enough, all right? I'm I'm right with you because he just I you know I literally just can't stand any more um any, any more of this strife and I don't know what I'm gonna do if Trump wins because I but I know this I'm not gonna spend another four years mad and wanting to you know punch myself in in, in the nuts because 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 he won um so I'm gonna have to figure out something to do um uh, for four years to ignore it I think I'm moving to Iceland. <laughs> You think I'm kidding? I'll be moving. I'll be all up in Iceland. Uh, <laughs> and I bet you guess what? I bet he'd be on TV there too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, see, this is the thing. So my wife and I have these discussions and it's hard for me because we are honestly living our best economic life we've ever had now. Uh, <laughs> mainly that's because uh, we kind of anticipated that with a Trump victory, you can no longer rely on the traditional systems to set up, you know, employment and all that <laughs> stuff. Go out here and get it. So uh, that's what we've been doing. We've been sitting here uh, grabbing life by the hoo-ha. And that's. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I'm just curious to see, like, we already know, at least, well, I don't, I don't know if we know, but I feel like you're right. Joe Biden is the best candidate to compete with Donald Trump. But I also feel like there was a value that Joe Biden is not showing enough appreciation to Elizabeth Warren for. And that was the complete decimation of Mike Bloomberg. Ooh, yeah. uh, I yeah, think yeah. Bloomberg having money could have easily made tables in the situation. Now it's the benefit of getting Bloomberg money and war chest um, to take on Trump, which he's certainly going to need. 
So, you know, I, I think Elizabeth Warren needs credit for that. I think everybody in America was waiting. I was waiting more so for an Elizabeth Warren Donald Trump debate than I was the the Wilder Fury fight. (laughs) Well, good reason. reason. I wanted to see Elizabeth Mike Tyson Warren in 1991 take it on. Donald Trump, uh, and I think it would have been a sight to behold, and I think it would have left everybody in a position where they, you know, they still would have voted for Donald Trump. Don't get me wrong. They still would have voted, but they would have felt bad about it. Like, like we know that we're being sexist with this vote right now, but <laughs> she just embarrassed them. Um, so I don't know. I, I hope for the best for Joe. I, I certainly have my fair share of concerns about Joe Biden just historically. I find it difficult to see how people like Kamala Harris, who was just talking about how he was standing against school desegregation to the budget system. Now you're going to support him. Uh, he hasn't had any kind of black agenda. He was responsible for the 94 crime bill. The one thing I will give Joe that I absolutely do appreciate is I think Joe Biden, well, I'll say two things. One, I think Joe Biden has to have been the hardest working uh, senator Ever because every bill from the violence against women's act, 94 crime bill, you name it, he wrote it. Like that's just the way it's been. Um, so he has to be you know, up there. Uh, secondly, I'll say a lot of black people, and this is barbershop talk because I know our listeners like to hear this. Barbershop talk, a lot of people in our community support Joe Biden because they feel like he was the only white man who was willing to, to be overshadowed by a more qualified black man. For four, for eight years, right? right? So they're like, hey, if Joe could stand to the side and let Obama get his shine and Obama do what he got to do, then now it's his turn and we got to turn around and support Joe Biden. I'll give him that half credit. Right? Half credit. No, it's half, half credit. credit. That, that's half, half credit. credit. <clears throat> but I, but I, I, I mean, here's the thing, that's the thing about Joe. Is, and, and so I can live with this that, you know, I respect that about the man. And I like, you know, you know, he gave you for the stupid reason. I would have a beer with him, right? And, you know, he's a perfectly decent human being, right? And, and here's the thing about it. It's, before, I might have argued that, well, he just isn't special enough to be president. But we have a guy who's literally special, right, in the White House now. <laughs> and so that whole thing of, you know, at, at this point, it's like, all right, fine, right? Um, you know, bringing in the people that's going to do all the work and, and, and do whatever. I'm not excited about it. But it's like, okay, I, I can live with it as an adult. I got to say that I think people – and in the primary, they always talk this, but hopefully they come back to this in, in real life, which is that when you look at a vote for president, this is like everything else in life. And I try to explain this to my sons all the time. You don't always get to choose your first choice. Absolutely. With everything, with anything. Right. Your job. You know, when I, when I, when I, give you that, when, when I went uh, in house, I got a job in one place, but that wasn't my first choice. I wanted mm-hmm. to work actually at Ticketmaster, believe it or not. Because I want to be in house counsel, ticket master, get all my shows, and try to get into there and do my comedy thing, right? right. <laughs> my, my entertainment empire, selling my tickets, right, and all that stuff, right? Um, it didn't work out that way. Um, but I didn't go, you know what? Well, I can't get my first choice. I guess I'll be broke. No, I went to a mortgage right. company, all right, and you know, and did what I could there, and, and you know, I had some success and got lucky. But the point is, is that you know, you, you don't always get your first choice. You got to pick the best second choice. Absolutely. It might be the best second. It's certainly better than the other choice. Um, as far as the Bernie people, I want to go with you next time. I really do. But here's what you got to do. Uh, you got to find a way to get to the poll. 
Call me. I'm, I'm putting my number in the, in the show notes. Call me. Right. I'll, I'll give you a ride. All right. But you, but I can't, I can't, I, we can't fight all these people who don't, you know, who want to hold on to their stuff and the older selfish people. I want, I want to be on your side, but, uh, an election only works with votes. Right. Passion then, you know, the back you want to show your, 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 your you know, your, 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 your on, on, on Twitter isn't going to help. All right. You got to actually pull the lever. If you do that, I'm with you. Uh, but it's not going to be this time. Yeah. And, I, and all I have to say is, you know, I'll vote for Biden begrudgingly. Right. Because <laughs> I'm going to support anything but Trump. Right. So right. I'll support Biden. But if any of you all are connected in any way, shape or to Elizabeth Warren. I would love to have her on the show. I would love to talk to her. She got plenty of time now. So I would love to talk to her. No, no, no. See, that's the thing is you missing out. Remember, she was on Saturday Night Live uh, last week. Elizabeth Warren going to have her own reality show in, in two weeks on <laughs> Netflix. Uh, and she deserves it. You know what? For the work she put into it and then, you know, and moving the ball forward for women, I think I can speak on behalf of both of us. I so desperately want a woman president. Uh, I'm, I'm just, let's be clear. I, I want Sarah Palin. I want a qualified, intelligent woman president, right? But I think it is probably something that, you know, we've never had in this country, a, a different way of dealing with people, of, 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 of explaining things, you know, and just, you know, especially her. She was just a wonderful person. Um, and so, you know, let's make this happen next time. Let's, 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 let's resolve in 2024. We're going to find, by 2022, we're going to find a woman and then we're going to ride with her. All right. You got to be careful. You got to be careful because that's how you get Sarah Palin's. <laughs> like, I, I think the biggest thing for me is we have now had two immensely qualified right. uh, candidates for president. And I feel like, you know, well, it's debatable whether or not they gave it their all because States they didn't go to. Joe Biden won states he didn't go to. So obviously the rules don't mean that you got to go to the state to win. I don't know. But Biden what I was, nowhere. He had like limited money. He was basically on the ropes until Super yeah. Tuesday. And, and, and really, I've yet to hear, in my opinion, I may be jaded, I've yet to hear any appreciation for the black vote that came out so heavy for him um, <laughs> that, that supported him because Joe Biden was done. He was out of here. And black people was like, nope, we coming through. We going, we with Joe. And I've heard him thank Amy Klobuchar. I've heard him thank Mayor Pete. I've heard him thank all the people who were running against him. I would love to hear some gratitude for the African American diaspora, right? Who came out. And I, more important than the gratitude, I want to see some policies, right? I want to see some policies that are going to help us because we put you on. So help us. And I think he's going to need to introduce that between now and November if he wants us to change from begrudgingly voting for him, possibly, into avid, zealous voters for him. Um, and hopefully he can get somebody who's going to help him do that. There's talk that he's going to get Stacey Abrams as a running mate. I believe it when I see it. Um, he's also made a big push of wanting to have an African-American female on the Supreme Court, which I definitely think is desperately overdue. Um, so I think, you know, we there's some room, but he's going right. to have to be willing to learn and willing to I- implement some of the things I, that we need. I, 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 I think he will. And Vice President Pick is going to be big. You know, it, it really is weird. We really probably should be doing that. We should be choosing that about the time we make our decision. Right. Like, you know, I don't know why this has to be some big mystery. Right. Is it who you going to pick? 
let us know because if it's a wrong person, if he's picked Sarah Palin, right? Then, you know, like what the heck is the point of this? So, so definitely, Joe, let's let us let's get a little hint at least who it's going to be, so we can get kind of excited about her. Um, and you know, hopefully, we can make some progress. The last thing we, I guess, we go in on a, on a on a weird high note, there was some progress made with regard to um, the end. Fortunately, the end of the saga of Harvey Weinstein. Yes, Harvey Weinstein is now a convicted man. He will be serving the next 23 years in prison. Uh, many people were wondering what was going to happen with this whole case. So you had people who, you know, th- this was years and years and years of sexual assault, sexual abuse that finally spurred on these charges. Uh, and then, you know, everybody always has these theories where, you know, Harvey Weinstein, of course, was filthy rich. Right. So rich white men usually don't have to face consequences for any of the actions that they take. And the judge in this case apparently felt otherwise. Uh, Harvey Weinstein certainly did not do himself any favors uh, <laughs> in snippets released about uh, snippets that they put into news articles about his presentation, his statements to his victims. Typically in a criminal case, after everything is said and done and they're at a sentencing phase, there's an opportunity for the defendant to address the court or the victims. And usually that's where you hear things like, I apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm going to work on changing my life. And he did some of that. But he also says some things that, at least for me as a reader, (laughs) was very, very awkward. Uh, one such thing was he told the victims, I actually enjoy these people and I've had some really nice times with these people, which for rape and sexual assault crimes, it's probably not, not the best timing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was obvious. <laughs> that, that was obvious that you were enjoying it, brother. Um, no, no. And here's the thing is, right? He was in a rock and a hard place in one sense because he's appealing and he's saying, I'm innocent. So you can't really in your victim statement say, oh, by the way, I did all this stuff, but I'm going to say next week I didn't, right? right. But what he didn't do, certainly done, was what he did was try to say, basically, I thought we were all having fun here. Oops, I misread the situation. <laughs> right? and, 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 but their descriptions are not like, you know, <laughs> their descriptions are like, he's holding me down, I'm yelling, screaming, those. it's not like it was ambiguous, right? Absolutely. And so Absolutely. no one's going to believe that, you know, you didn't know that the person hitting and biting you right, didn't want to, 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 you know, and screaming, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was, you know, these were violent, you know, sexual assaults. And so I don't know what he thought was going to help. I thought it was interesting is he tried to sort of say, hey, I gave a lot of money after 9-11, I made some good movies. I'm entitled to six or seven of these, right? You know, I might have gone over the limit, um, way over the limit. Now, the 23 years is great. It was interesting because it was on the high end of the sentencing guy. I think the most he could have gotten was 29 years. And I heard a, a, a defense attorney explaining today that normally with an older defendant with health problems, I think he's 67 or something, he's got Although it's amazing how much health problems you get when you go to court, right? Bill <laughs> right, right. <laughs> was running the pin relays two weeks ago, and he right. go to court. He blind, right? Can't, can't, can't see. Right. So your hard wines is coming in the crutches, whatever. But he's certainly not gonna make it twenty three years. And normally the sentence guidelines would say, "Hey, it's your first conviction, right?" And you know we'd give you. He probably would have normally gotten three or four years, except for the fact that it it was his first conviction, but it wasn't his first offense. Right. You know this is a pattern of. Dozens of, of, of violent sexual assaults, and as a result, the judge says, "Hey, 
You know, yeah, I know you think you, you thought you were going to walk out of here in a couple of years, um, but no. Uh, and 23 years is pretty much a life sentence. I, n- none of us are complaining about it. Um, his, his attorney, his defense attorney is complaining about it. I heard her on the news today talking about how, what a horrible punishment it was, how unfair it was. And, you know, it was unfortunate hearing these things coming from another woman about how the Me Too movement has gone overboard, et cetera. And, and I understand why, right? That, you know, he had a woman attorney. Um, but, you know, I wish I wish it had not been. You know, I wish 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 another one wasn't giving credence to this because there's just no excuse, there's no rationalization, there's no concern. I you can't say you didn't get due process when you had a trial that was like six months long, right? That you got by the way a 23 year reprieve before you even got the trial. Absolutely. You got all the due process. A pookie would have been in jail it's 22, 22 and a half years ago. Right. Right. And by the way, he would have been misidentified. It wouldn't even been him. Right. 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 That's, that's no due process. You got all you got do. You you know, you got dough. You got rue. Uh, poo process. You got all the process. <laughs> Mountain dew process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every version of do. Right. And so, yeah, no, you can't he can't complain, you know, that that he somehow got, got a raw deal here. Now, as a corollary thing, we also got to say goodbye. To um uh, to our good friend um in person we never met uh, Chris Matthews. Oh, oh oh I forgot about Chris Matthews. And, oh. and, that's isn't amazing that the, the, you know a guy who a twenty year show on you know major cable net- network is not even news because of everything else that's going on right. <laughs> but the thing that I think ties into it will end on on, on this note. With Chris Matthews, it's not a fun note, um, is, is that it still shows that so many people don't get it. So Chris Matthews comes out and he says, hey, I said some things that were inappropriate and I just didn't know they weren't appropriate at the time, but you know, no excuse for this and I'm going to leave the show. And I love this. He starts out the show like this and they come back from commercial. It's just Steve Karnacki looking scared as hell. Like what happened here? Like I only, he could at least give Steve a heads up, right? They, so he, he he leaves the show. The next morning, the, the the guys are on Morning Joe, and they're talking about you know how much they miss Chris Matthews and what a great guy he was, how he's authentic, and that's you know part of his problem. But really mm. love the guy. And I was like, you guys still don't get it, mm. right? Where the issue here is not whether he you like him or anything like that, but that he, through his behavior, lecherous behavior, making inappropriate comments. He was basically making it harder for women to do their jobs, to be professional journalists because he's in there hitting all them. Now you got to decide, you know, how much you want to tell your story. Do you want to go get hit on to tell the story? Right. And it's like, regardless of how you feel about it, you can still like him, but you got to understand that we can't have this in the newsroom anymore. Mm -hmm. As women should have the right to actually be able to come do their jobs and form the public and not have to swat your hand away. Right. Right. And, and and the fact that they were still kind of, you know, they were basically like, look, you know, it's too bad we have these rules. Um, I guess it's the 20. I guess, damn, we can't grab ass anymore. You know, like, really? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and the fact that, by the way, he, he's, he, they came out of something for him in 2017. 
So MSNBC for three years was reporting about the Me Too movement. Uh, I love that. You know, that's the kind of thing where, you know, you reporting about stuff and acting like you ain't doing it. Right. Look at them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I realize now that maybe my choice of major might have been completely different because these people in journalism are wildly. Like wow. Roger L was wild. They made a movie about how much, how, how creepy and predatory Roger L was. And I'm looking forward to watching that. Uh, I think it comes out with me. Uh, like these people were wild. You, you got Tavis Smiley. Like oh. what was going on in J school? Like I just don't understand. Man, uh, man like Charlie Rose. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Charlie Rose. Yeah, all the people that Gail King won't talk about. <laughs> I am definitely next time I'm on TV, I'm definitely gonna be uh, not wearing a skirt. That's for sure. Man, it is. It, 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 it's up in there. No, they, they, you're right, and and and, and uh, you know the fact that you know we're still three years into it, and, and we still haven't really gotten the point. Now, here's the thing about it: I'm not coming off as saying you know that, that I'm not a man too, or that you know any of those things will be behind me. But at least I know the right things to say now, right? I just want us to get us to the point where we're saying the right things. Maybe we can start doing the right things by 2026. All right, um, but. Uh, you know, we're still not getting the idea that women should not have to fight off our advances to come right. do their jobs. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and you said, you know, you were Matt Lauer. I'm like, you were in New York City. Eight million people, four million women, and you had to hit on the 17 women who work at the NBC News? Really? You couldn't go across the street to Fox and hit on those women? Like, like it didn't make any sense. You know, other than the fact that we're just so used to being able to, you know, to, to be a predator. And, 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 our, and part of our mindset is, that, you know, that's why I got to be, right? That's, that's why I worked so hard to get to be the top job. Right. So I go ahead and, and act a fool up in here. But I, I guess it's just, I mean, the stories that you hear, particularly when you look at, like, the Matt Lauer situation, mm. the stories you hear, it, it just sounds so, like, unbelievable. Like, even... They don't even do have this stuff in like pornographic movies. Like it's it's just something new. You just free freestyling, and it's a workplace. So I don't understand. You work with people. I don't know what job where it's like. Oh, she's walking in. Okay, I'm just gonna pull my meat out. You know, like what in what world? And then I look at it and I'm like, you know, this this is what really makes me upset with Tavis Smiley because Charlie Rose, uh, Chris Matthews, Matt Lauer. There's a type there, right? Roger Ailes. Like it's all white men, and we're used to a history of white men in privileged positions taking advantage of staff that work for them uh, and all that. But I would think, as as a black news anchor, you would you would feel different. Like you would know how it feels to be marginalized. You would know how it feels to be subjugated to someone else's oppression or someone else's uh, advances or whatever the case may be. And it would seem like you wouldn't replicate them. Right. You would be better. Um, and I can't say that he's dumb because Tavis Smiley is a genius. One of the smartest people has ever been on the radio or a TV. Right. So it's just a matter of letting life and your status as being the showrunner, uh, get to your head and have you thinking that you can do whatever you want. Then instead of just taking the hit, when, when women tell you, Hey, we're uncomfortable. Hey, we don't like this. Hey, this is appropriate, blah, 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 instead of just acknowledging it and saying, okay, I need to break my behavior and do better, it's the going to warpath trying to fight against it to say, 
oh, well, you know, that's just the way it is. No, no, no. These were all consensual relationships. No, no, no. I don't, I don't believe anything. It's like to, to have the fight to not even listen right. to what's going on with the people who are in that immediate workspace with you is crazy. So I know it's probably not fair. It's probably a vicious double standard that I'm putting on Tavis, uh, Smiley, but I think, I expect more from him. Like just black people generally, I expect more from us because we know that. And that's not to say that white dudes should be getting away with it. I think they all should be going to jail. But, uh, but we, I just expect more from us. Yeah, I, I know. No, I, I agree. I have no problem with holding us to, 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 a, to a higher standard. You know, I, I think the challenge for, for, for people like, like Tavis in, in some respects is that and, and this is the thing that I think men don't understand. I, I teach this all the time in, in my ethics seminars to lawyers, is that as men, we never have the situation that women encounter. As a man, you will never have to go, you know, I really don't want to sleep with this woman, but I guess I'm going to have to take one for the team. <laughs> that's not, that's not going to happen to us, all right? But it happens to women like every day. And as men, we don't get the fact that if you're a powerful woman, she might acquiesce. You will think that she actually likes you. Right. But she doesn't. She's just doing because she has to. Right? right? And I think for us, it's harder for us to understand, which is why I think you're on tough on Tavis, because as black people, we do this all the time. Right? Think about how many times you have to laugh at a joke that's not funny or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we have to be cognizant of the fact that you're not going to be able to judge this accurately. So you do not put yourself out there and you do not try to hit on or sleep with people who work for you. Just period can't be the rule because they can't tell you no, right, without it being a problem. And so the way you avoid that is you just don't do that because you won't be able to judge when they really like it and when they don't. And I think a lot of people, like, I think the reason Tavis fights it is he don't want to think of himself as a predator. He didn't think of himself, you know, but 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 he was being one. And it's like, you know, the way I think we avoid that is you just have to set bright line rules. And the lawyers, funny thing is we have a rule like that with our clients. Right. Right? Where you literally, I don't care if the client says, ooh, I, I got to have you. And we had a case like that. I explained to the client, like, hey, I'm digging you, boo. And the lawyer's like, I can't. I got a rule here. Even if you digging me, boo, it is not an exemption, right? <laughs> because we understand the relationship by itself is just going to be so coercive. Same thing with here, right? Someone works for you and you'll be as a subordinate of yours. By definition, a relationship is going to be coercive. Just let it go. There's plenty of other people. And the whole point, you know, if you're, if you want to have the benefits of your success, then I saw other people who will be more than happy to think about it. Tavis Smiley didn't have a shortage of women he could have had. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or R. Kelly. R. Kelly. <laughs> Thank you, right? Of all time. I'm, I'm still heard about him. I can't wait. I, I hope his trial date is marked on our calendar. Cause I, I, at this point, I'm invested in seeing this man burn. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm upset, but same deal. Like R. Kelly easily could have gone out here anywhere oh. in America, anywhere on earth. Thank you. And, and found women who would have gladly been uh, one of age and two would have done anything he wanted to do as long as he sang them a song. Thank you, and, right? And the fact that he used that ability to prey on kids like that is ridiculous right? yeah absolutely i mean any grown woman you can add right and it's just like it doesn't right. make and, you know and, and three quarters of grown men right it's just like it doesn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense um but anyway so so hopefully we, we we've solved that issue 
Um, when we come back to the podcast, um, I want to give you a couple of tips for the two weeks that we will be gone probably. Um, you're going to want to run away from the zombies fast. You need to go downhill. <laughs> zombies can't really don't have good balance downhill. So you're going to keep your running downhill. Um, watch a lot of Walking Dead. they got some good tips in there. Make sure you wear leather at all times. The bike is what gets you. So keep the leather on at all times. Um, and, uh, and, and by the way, uh, and, uh, was it wash your hands and, and don't sneeze on the zombies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm at the point I might just spray the zombies with uh, Lysol. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, if I'm gonna get eaten, I want it to be sanitary. Like, <laughs> uh, but you know, everybody do take care of yourself. We want to make sure that we have all of our listening audience return to us when the next episode comes out. Uh, and and so make sure that you are taking proper precautions. As always, if you have not already done so. Make sure to follow us in our page on Facebook. That is Brothers in Law, B-R-U-T-H-A-S-N-Law, L-A-W. Uh, we keep it updated with all kinds of fresh information that you want to know and even some stuff you may not want to know. And uh, besides all that, if you are looking for a new up-and-coming podcast that reaches into an urban demographic and an educated demographic, and let's say you happen to sell hand sanitizer and you want somebody to you know, sponsor. We are available. Make sure that you uh, hit us up on Facebook or you can send us an email, brothersinlaw at gmail.com. Uh, and let us know. I mean, we are entertaining any and all offers that come through. Uh, Purell, Hollerators, um, New York City Correctional Facility. <laughs> and lastly, Jesse used to give this one. Um, a request, please uh, go to iTunes and Stitcher, wherever else that they review podcasts. You got nothing but time. You either right. do this or you're going to spend time with your children because they're not going to school. So go <laughs> ahead, spend some time, give us a good review, and we'll see you uh, next time. Uh, let's hope. Bye.